Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. Welcome back, veteran political journalist and reporter for the Wall Street Journal, Anne Michaud. Last time she was back with us, I believe the episode aired in December, and we talked about her very popular book, Why They Stay, which explores the motivation of why uh, political wives stay or might stay uh, after their husbands cheat. So please welcome back and Michaud. And today's focus, we're going to focus actually on Melania Trump as first lady. Hey, Ed, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Kirsten. Nice to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. So I'm really super excited because our conversation today um, kind of tacks on to our last conversation and your book, Why They Stay. And today we're going to focus a little bit more on Melania Trump, right, as first lady. Uh, As we know, in the press, a lot of stuff went down, um, potentially about her husband, you know, potentially having extramarital affairs, mm-hmm. right? Um, so talk to me a little bit about this part of the book and, and um, you know, kind of kind of uh, what we're doing here today and presenting it and, and your theories or thoughts on why she stayed. The first book, as you know, was about why women stay with politician husbands after they cheat. And then Donald Trump and Melania came along and they seemed to upend a lot of the conventions that we had expected of politicians. And um, he seemed sort of brazen about, you know, having been married several times, having been accused of cheating um, and also accused of sexual assault by 23 women. Um, and I feel like Melania just uh, brushed it off. She, she didn't want to confront it the way so many other um, first wives have, have sat down with the media, have talked about, you know, this is between me and my husband. Melania Trump very um, famously said, nope, not doing that. Right. And and what, in your opinion, like, what is your takeaway from that, if anything? Well, I think um, that she grew up in a different um, society than, than the uh, American women that we've had as first ladies. And I think um, that the subtitle of, of this chapter is an immigrant first lady. And that's I think that informed a lot of her opinions. Um. I think she's more was more comfortable with a sort of strongman type of or, or authoritarian totalitarian what, what word do you want to use um, type of a guy um, somebody who just said this is how it is and and we're we're going forward with that and I think you see that in a few um, of her actions that she uh, made her own rules in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I mean, like let's let's talk about that. You know. Um... Obviously, given different backgrounds, different societal upbringings, you know, how do you think that really did play or affect her, um, her approach? You know, I mean, she went from being a model to then being first lady, 
right? I mean, that wasn't exactly in the cards when she got married. Uh, she did know she was marrying a public figure. He had a TV show. He was out there, right? Um, but that's a whole nother level, uh-huh. uh, especially when you're trying to raise a teenage child. Um, that's a whole nother level. So, so what do you think that that, you know, how did that play into her approach, her approach to being first lady? I think she was really um, stunned to become first lady. I think she always said, um, and, and we interviewed people for this, um, this chapter that who said, you know, she always said that's Donald's, um, you know, realm. I'm not, that's not my realm. Um, and I don't think she, she was quite prepared for how much the American public would expect of her, um, being a first lady, um, as you know, she took several months to stay in New York and not go to Washington. Um, people behind the scenes were saying, um, please, please come here because you're a, a steadying influence on him and we want you in Washington. And now we know that she was um, renegotiating her prenup with him. Um, you know, my thinking is that he needed her very much at this time. If not, Personally, I don't know about that, but, you know, um, as a politician, he needed his wife by his side. And um, right. and I think that, um, you know, she used that to her advantage. And I think that her thoughts were very much on me, my son, Baron, and um, um, not necessarily on what kind of public face she was going to be for um, the American people. Right. And do you think that that is based on her upbringing or based on the fact that, you know, from, from kind of go the second that she became uh, the wife of Donald Trump, there wasn't there, if I recall correctly, and you can, I'm sure you've researched this, but uh, I do remember that when she was, you know, she was modeling, she ended up getting married and I recall she did like an Aflac commercial. She was starting to try and get her feet wet, get kind of work, right? Build her own self, build her own brand. And from the outside looking in, you know, having zero private conversations with any of them, um, it kind of looked like that was kind of put the kibosh on, meaning like there's only room for one celebrity. And that's fair, right? Like if, if you're in a relationship and and you're planning on having children, Somebody's going to watch them, right? Like, especially if you're, if you're, if you're like that, like if it's not going to be 24 seven nannies and stuff like that. But, but I, I kind of felt like, okay, there's only going to be one of them and it's not going to be her. Fair enough. Right. Like he's already, you know, but I mean, if that's the start of your marriage that you are not even allowed to kind of go public like that, then what happens when your husband becomes president? You know, like, okay, so all the rules change, like what's going on. Right. Um, you know, and then not being in the political scene in this or any other country, how much do you really want to to jump in and stand next to someone when you're purposely trying to avoid your face everywhere anyway, right? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. You know, how was her approach to this position? You know, besides that, like how was how is it really different? I mean, how did you see it as being different? I, I think that. Um what you said earlier was really um, spot on that this isn't just a celebrity couple. This is a couple running the country. I mean, or, or at least as the face of the country. 
And um, so I think there's an extra layer of expectation for her there. And um, I know one political psychologist that I interviewed said that her um, sort of icy exterior, you know, sort of nothing, nothing gets to me. I'm, I'm stoic. Um, I think that that was a lot of um, the way that she could sort of control what must have seemed like a real rush of um, expectations. I know once before she, um, or more than once before she uh, was in the position of being first lady, she said that if she was to become first lady, she would be like Jackie Kennedy. And I think you do see some similarities. Both of them were really focused on their kids in the White House, um, and which is a commendable quality. But I think it, it might have been a foreigner's view of, of how Jackie Kennedy was perceived here. Um, you can see her as a trendsetter, as um, glamorous, as, you know, all these wonderful things. But she also had uh, cultivation of the arts and um, she spoke about motherhood being important and caring for the home being important. And I don't think you saw that dimension with um, Melania. Interesting. Interesting. Now you, you had mentioned this just a minute ago about these layers of expectations. Um, let me ask you just as an opinion, you know, and I think this goes towards uh, celebrities as well, maybe like professional athletes that are just playing their sport and the celebrity comes along, right. This uh, thing, it's kind of like, how would I phrase this question? Like just because there's an expectation of her, does that mean she should have to meet it? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very good question. And I think each first lady has defined her role in a different way. Um, I don't think Melania, uh, she, she was months late in defining her role. She talked about it as be best which it's a wonderful um, trio of, of, um, of things that she was advocating for, for youth to, young people to stay off drugs. And, um, you know, she's, it's admirable, but I don't think it ever, for some reason, seemed like it came from her. I don't know if, you know, we in the media are to blame that we never made enough of it. I don't know. But I think that um, she never really developed that aspect of her um, first ladyhood. And I also think that she, um, you know, intentionally poked people in the eye with some things like that jacket she wore to the um, U.S. southern border that said, I really don't care, do you? on the back. Um, later we found out from a friend of hers who gave, uh, wrote a book that, um, Melania was trying to troll liberals and, and, um, media people in this country. And I, I'd be hard pressed to remember a first lady who ever, you know, was that abrasive on purpose. Right. Right. I mean, definitely be best seem to be a little bit of, of lip service and my personal viewpoint kind of as if I stepped into the shoes of someone who didn't give a fuck, 
right? Like I didn't want to be there. I didn't give a fuck. I don't understand. That's my husband's thing. And now my husband's thing just made me move with my kid. My kid's getting pummeled at school on social media. People, a fucking adults are talking shit about a teenager. I mean, come the fuck on. Right. I was like, holy shit, people, you know? And I mean, as a mother, first, you're going to protect your child, right? And there's not much you can do. If your husband's Uh job in that moment is a provocative one, at least, you know, uh, there's not much you can do. And, and, and she's not the first to do that though. Think about all the celebrities that do something to flip off Uh the media, Uh right? People are making all these opinions and assumptions and blasting them out globally Right. Oh, she's a bad person because she didn't show up for months in the White House. Well, you know what? Maybe she's just really smart because if she really isn't re- renegotiating her prenup, good for you. Good for you to get the leverage at any moment you could get it in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially when you don't have much leverage. Think about that, you know. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think be best. I don't know what the hell. Like, I, I agree with you. I think that was like great stances. I think they were like the collective of the past. And. You know, I kind of felt like his team, the people, the White House team, shoved it down. You have to pick something. You have to pick just here. Like, you know, just say something. And I feel bad for it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I don't want to be there. Why are you making me do this? And you have to. And I'm sure that there were a lot of threats behind the scenes going down um, in order to even get her to publicly appear, because that's not something that she seemed to want to do from go. Yeah. You know, and yeah. starting with the Affleck thing, she tried, but when that put the kibosh and then she had her son, it's like, why bother? I'm, I'm just going to keep my peace, do my thing. I have a, a great, you know, marriage in the sense of what I'm doing with my husband, not like maybe the traditional sense of marriage, but transactionally speaking, right? Like we're, we're good. We have great conversations. We go our separate ways when it comes to work, so to speak. Yeah. But, um, that jacket, <laughs> But I, you know, and when people were like, "Oh, she didn't," I'm like, "She's not. The woman is not stupid. She's extremely intelligent. She didn't wow. not wear that jacket not on purpose. Like, I mean, uh-huh. I was like, come on, like, for sure. <laughs> I, I like not that I agree with the jacket at all because I actually do care. But I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious to some degree that she's just totally giving it back to everybody." And they weren't mm-hmm. even noticing it. They were actually too busy accusing her of her being such an evil person that they weren't even getting that they were actually the butt of the joke. And I'm just like, <laughs> you can't tell me a woman that smart who you just learned was renegotiating her prenup before she even left her house with her child would be dumb enough to wear that jacket like as if it was an accident, right? And try to play it's it like, off like, oh, the dumb model wore the jacket because it's a designer thing. Yeah, shut up. That was awesome. Right. Like, and I don't agree with the, the statement. Just, you know, let me get that out there. But it was awesome how she just played everybody. I would be sitting home laughing at all the news. Like, <laughs> they think I'm a dumb model, you know, just me. Um, let me ask you this. You know, you talked about her prior statements and uh, kind of saying how she would like to sort of emulate Jackie, right? If you go back in history, uh-huh. is there any other first lady that you might actually compare her to? Well, I'm going to say I think that most first ladies were more public minded. She was very, um, she just kept to herself a lot more than any first lady I can think of. And I'm not an expert on all first ladies, but um, in recent memory, you know, 
Yeah, but I I think that um, there was a conversation probably had in the marriage before someone ran for presidency. <laughs> I kind of feel like maybe that wasn't had in that household. Um, you know what I mean? Unilateral decision made, and all of a sudden yeah, you're stuck with yeah, it, yeah. right? I'm like, you know, I mean, if we if we go back to like the Clintons, they're both politically minded. They both had their own thing going on, and it was, I think, a conscious decision to to forward the one in this, knowing that in the end, there's going to be a greater opportunity for the two of them. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's totally fake on my thought process outside looking in no facts in that, but that was just like what I kind of felt. Um, You know, let me ask you, what do you think overall was the American response to Melania Trump as as first lady, care, not care, offended, not offended. What What are your thoughts? I think everyone has strong opinions on her. Everyone I talk to. Um, You've talked I, to a lot of people too. so I do, I do. And I have um, a lovely Republican mother-in-law who, think, who, who heard that I was writing about Melania Trump. And she said, oh, do not say anything bad about her. She's so beautiful. And she's, um, you know, so glamorous and she held herself well. Um, that's, you know, um, I think you have another group of people who are very critical of her. I mean, the first thing, if I'm talking to my Democratic friends, I the first thing they bring up is, you know, she got this Einstein visa to be here. She had a workaround on on her immigration rights and got her parents here. And then later her husband tries to eliminate this so-called chain migration that allows family members to come here to the United States. And he was very, um, you know, anti-immigration, wanting to build a wall at the Southern border. So those are the things people who don't like her bring up about. And, And so it's interesting about all of this is here's a question this day and age or any for that matter why does the first lady really even matter in this public viewpoint in your opinion i don't know i think the first lady is the softer side of the president for some reason and if we at some point get a first gentleman i think that he will be expected to be that sort of person you can approach, you can listen to. I mean, I've seen a lot of um, executives will have um, a second in command who is the person who, you know, the, the executive's the person who's got to make all the decisions and tough decisions and maybe make enemies. And I think that the um, second in command or the spouse in this situation, I think, is expected to be a little bit more of um, the approachable human mm. person that people can warm up to. And and I actually think it is a history of idealization. Kings, mm. queens, presidents, <laughs> the, the religious idealization of marriages and what they're supposed to look like and how they're supposed to behave publicly, right? And then I think there's also that aspect of a built-in expectation of what we expect simply because we've gotten it in the past. We've gotten, 
you know, strong couples. We've gotten people that at least on the surface, regardless of whether they're cheating or not, um, you know, have that appearance at least publicly and, and tend to have each other's back in one way or another. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, building in again, the idea of the ideal relationship, um, and the level of forgiveness, right. And the level of, of how they're going to play this game. Does the American public, and I guess we'll find out right now with Cuomo and anything else. I mean, Cuomo's a little different. I don't know. The accusations there are a little bit different. But I'm wondering, like, does anyone care? Like, at least Americans, like, do they really care if their public figures cheat? Is it still as it once was? Like, oh, my God, like, you're sinful. We have to get you out. You're not a good human. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is that still going on? Um, Not so much. I think that there's that's what made it difficult for me to wrap my head around Donald Trump's presidency was that we are much more accepting of the um, philandering and um, womanizing history. But I do think that um, for women, there's a lot of uh, a lot that resonates. Um, I've written a couple of stories recently about um pastors in the South, um, there were a couple of them who are comparing um, Kamala Harris to Jezebel and saying, if you, um, you know, that she's cunning, that she'll do anything to get ahead. Uh, And, um, you know, I have to think that if you're sitting in the pew that you, that that affects you and how you think about yourself. Um, Another instance was this pastor in Missouri who told the women in his congregation, you should lose weight and keep yourself slim and beautiful because like Melania Trump, because otherwise you'll lose your husbands. And oh, yeah. he's, he's been put on um, leave and, and giving, <laughs> given some say. but I think, you know, again, I think that it's the, the public images that we have of these people resonate in our personal lives. I don't know how much for every person, but there's something cultural there about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's funny you bring that up about the Jezebel thing. I think of like Samson and Delilah, you know, part of me, just because of what I do as a coach and how I always like to mess with people as a lawyer, I'm like, who's at fault really? If God tells you not to let the secret of your hair out and then you go tell this woman just because she's cunning and trying i mean isn't everyone trying to figure out your secret everyone was but you were told what not to do and you did it anyway so i'm like who's really at fault no it's not nice that she tried so hard and did it under alleged lies in order to you know enrapture you and cause you to feel something you know what i mean and then you let the cat out of the bag but isn't the bottom line and i take this as a as a as a coach and as accountability who was supposed to be following the law and who did it, right? Like who was supposed to be following the rules and who didn't uh-huh, like, all right, uh-huh. people come on, you know, there's, there's fault on all sides here. Um, That's a really good point. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I mean like leaving us with this amazing chapter about, um, or is it going to be, it's going to be a standalone book now, Americans arena. Well, it's a standalone book for a month. It's okay. going to be sold um, on Amazon starting in a couple of days through the end of the month um, for 99 cents. And then um, it will be folded into a second edition of Why They Stay that's coming out at the end of April. 
That's awesome. So, guys, you heard that. American Tsarina, get it on Amazon. That's awesome. I love it. So, leaving this conversation, I have a question for you. Why do you think Melania stayed? Oh, I, <laughs> I have a big sigh there. Big sigh. Um, I think, you know, she is a very smart woman, as you pointed out. I think she realized that she could by marrying this prominent man who was um, what on the apprentice and a television star and um, building enormous buildings in Manhattan um, that she would get a profile immediately by marrying him. I mean, she could have married money. She's beautiful young woman and smart. And, um, you know, I think that, that she married someone who was, would immediately elevate her to a level of international recognition. Um, and I think probably they like each other, <laughs> but um, that's my guess. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, guys, you heard it here first. I'm really excited to to read American Zarina when it comes out. Uh, look for it on Amazon. And once again, thank you again, Anne and Mashad, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsten. Great to see you. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know it's a weird one. It's just pie. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. Um, or of course you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there. Um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there, but if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at Believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.